You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, Buns, Buns. I want to give you something real, but I don't know where to start. Darling, let's make a deal. I want to give you my heart. I would trade anything for love. Hey, guys. Welcome to ISO The Buns Podcast. So, the interview this week is with two of the creative minds behind Fair Trade. Uh, if you don't know what Fair Trade is, it is a web series that is coming out shortly about buns, bartering, and best friends. I just came up with that on the spot, but it's really good. You guys should check it out. Uh, and Along those lines, we're going to have a screening of it as part of the the initial screening of it, in fact, as part of the Buns Ween event that's happening at the Gladstone October 31st on Halloween. There's also going to be a Buns Flea Market and a bunch of other Buns events. All the people that were part of the show are going to be there, so you guys should come out. We'll be there. Uh, other podcasts from the network will be there. Uh, Girly Mags is going to have a whole setup. They're going to be doing interviews. So come, guys. Please come and check it out. Anyway, time for the show and this week in Buns. This week, we got a story of drunk you thinking in knows better than sober you. Classic. <laughs> We've got an update on one of the most popular posts uh, in Bun's history. Whoa. And someone in search of just some good vibes. Hey, yeah, man. <laughs> I, I was hoping you wouldn't do that, and you did it. I did it. This is ISO Bun's podcast. I'm Oren. And I'm Laura. Let's get right to it. This dog. Freya, 13-week-old rescue puppy from Northern Ontario. Such a cute little diggity dog, and her owner wants to socialize her, which is a stellar idea. Get her used to kids. And black people. (laughs) (laughs) That's not a thing, is it? Yo, I'm telling you, I I truly believe it's a thing. What? And it's, for the most part, doesn't actually... Like, doesn't actually happen. But once in a while, you'll find one dog who just starts yapping at one person for some reason. Oh, no. And when the dog yaps at me, yeah. the owner thinks, like, I'm, I mean, I, he never does this. No way. <laughs> He's like, oh, my God, he never does. Oh, my gosh. Like, are you wearing meat? <laughs> <laughs> Did you have some beef jerky in your pocket? What's wrong? But, uh, yeah, that that, uh, that definitely happens. That's freaking hilarious. So, so sorry to your pet on all sorts of people. All sorts of people, family and friends everything yeah this this dog sounds like it's gonna be it's gonna be okay yeah they're a pretty damn good owner <laughs> so i love that um how about this photoshop buns request sarah's basically saying hey i know it's a ridiculous request but mm-hmm. i love this picture of me and my ex-boyfriend in uh, in iceland mm-hmm. i was wondering if someone could photoshop someone hot burn first of all to well this guy's <laughs> freaking gnarly looking he's got some greased back ponytail <laughs> yuck and the stash is spacey like it's like one of those like thin haired like weird stashes. yo i think you're i think you're being too critical i think it's 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 it's, it's an all right 
mustache. It's not. It's not the best. I mean, it's not the best. Definitely. No, definitely not the best. I mean, you're going to Iceland. You're taking pics. You got to be fresh <laughs> and ready. So she wants you to, or someone to Photoshop someone hot like Ryan Reynolds, Ryan Gosling, anyone who's Any Ryan, of the Ryan Canadian. Yeah, yeah, of course. Um, she also added, as she knows buns really well, ridiculous photoshops are available. Yes. Like, do that as well, but just can we get one cute one? And you know what happened? What? The internet provided. The internet provided as it always does. <laughs> we got a good one with Ryan Reynolds. Uh, we got one from Rick, from Rick and Morty. Oh, amazing. <laughs> uh, one of her kissing the queen and oh. kissing other royalty in Prince Harry. Yo, <sighs> you remember when Prince Harry was like People didn't like him as much as he wasn't as cute as, as William. Okay. And now. And he glowed up. Yeah. And now Harry's. Harry is hot. Yeah. And he's dating the Canadian actress, right? Yeah. Yeah. Who, and, and then she's, he's also running the, or the ambassador the for these games. Yeah. He's really a great guy. I'm with him. I am with Harry. <laughs> I'm with Harry. How about a story about broke? Being broke. Being broke. You and I both can both have a sense. I um, can relate. <laughs> but continue. I'm broke, a.k.a. a millennial. Um, <laughs> and this woman, Anna, said, Buns, help. I'm broke. Any places where I can get groceries for free, downtown and west would be good. And at first, people were just posting things like, hey, go to this food bank. This is pretty good. Go to this place. You get free lunch. Free, um, free, free brunch, brunch. <laughs> free brunch, <laughs> free brunch is like the, hey, most, the most millennial thing of all time. I love that. I mean, it's free brunch, but you have to bring your own avocado. Yeah, because like they just don't provide it here. But you, do, <laughs> if you bring your own, it really feels like you paid like right. a solid amount of money. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> um, so uh, a bit of this is going on with with people posting about food banks and whatnot, mm -hmm. and then Christian steps up and says, "Yeah, what do you need?" She goes, groceries for two weeks, pasta, vegetables, meat, fruit. Christian again. If you can come by Bloor and Church, I'll take you shopping at No Frills. Might not be able to cover the full two weeks, but I can help you cover some of the basics. What? Anna again. Are you serious? PM'd you. Christian. Yeah, for sure. Got your PM. So in just in a matter of really a few, like I'm not even an hour. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I'll take you out. Let's go. Let's get some food. Oh my gosh. I'm doing it. So Christian is, uh, Christian is, yeah, Christian's dope. Christian? Christian is He's amazing. a saint. And his name is Christian. Christian yeah. <laughs> is he Jesus secretly? I'm pretty sure he's secret Jesus. He's a secret. He's a secret <laughs> Toronto Jesus. Oy, oy, yay. Okay. So I got some really great things. So Bella. She is starting up her own kind of little business, unofficial launch, where she makes something that I was 1,025% convinced was fudge. So I didn't read the post. As soon as, I as soon as I saw her say my unofficial launch and I looked at the picture, I just, my mind kind of went crazy. It's her soaps, they're soaps, to be fair. I thought they were fudge. And they look like they've got some crazy like flavors here. And it looks so tasty, but... As I read the comments, they said, wow, I can't help thinking that this is fudge, but it's soap. And Sarah, Bella's just trying to make you clean. So, I mean, this, as we were, Oren was saying, like it brings to light the, the things that when you thought it was one thing, but it really turns out to be the other. And you're just insanely disappointed. Yeah, it's like peas and capers. Oh, I mean, that's I mean, a salty I mean, I mean, that, surprise yeah, there. Yeah, that's a bit of a deep cut, but whatever. That's one of them. When you have a clear bottle of water, but it turns out to be vodka, and you just take a swiggity swig, and, <laughs> what? You, and you die. <laughs> that 
that is that has literally never happened to me. Really? I need to live in your life, girl. Oh, <laughs> I don't know if you do, to be honest, but uh, you can take a day if you want. Your apartment just probably just looks like bottles and bottles of clear liquid, and you playing a guessing game every day. It's like, is that water? You know, I'm not gonna test it. He's gonna <laughs> chug gonna, it back. I'm either gonna be quenched or drunk at or work. Or drunk. <laughs> either one. A win. <laughs> um, Sally Shar. She was real active this week on the buns, but one of my favorite ones she posted was just a thousand bras. Okay, she posts a photo <laughs> of some sexy looking bras, high quality and many different colors, and she's wanting to trade them. Uh, qu- dude, qu- can I can I be a dude for a minute? Oh, you can be a dude for a minute. How much do bras cost? Well. Uh, they range if you're gonna go to Victoria's Secret, mm-hmm. uh, you're probably gonna range anywhere from like fifty five to eighty really plus dollars. What yeah. about like like the Senza, like Levion Rose? Oh Levion Rose is still things. expensive oh, like real? that. Oh, okay. But uh it's like thirty five, I think. Unless there's a sale. That's why honeys go nuts for the Victoria's Secret semi annual sale. I don't know if you've uh, passed a VS <laughs> in the mall during that season. Um, you know it's circled on my calendar, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's a crazy time. But I, lo- I love these. I personally am not like a huge bra wearer. I'm more of like a thrifted bralette kind of girl. But uh, they're crazy. Oh, no. So with these bras again, back to the bra game. Yeah. Um, how, like, everyone's okay wearing these secondhand kind of things? Like, it's like, whatever. Some people, I not feel, have a, a thing about it, but ultimately like they look pretty good they don't look pretty like tattered i mean you're not gonna buy like take a bra off someone that looks tattered a tattered bra bra. i mean i live with a woman yeah um she's got some tattered bras hey (laughs) okay yeah i'm not not calling up my woman on this podcast (laughs) um i'm my guess my question is i mean i see them obviously in, in the laundry when i do laundry yeah um how often how often, do you, how often do you wash bras? Once again, total guy questions. I get that. But. Um, I'm a dirty hoe, so <laughs> uh, I'm probably not. But commonly, uh, depends on your lifestyle. Like if you're a sweaty girl, you're going to want to wash them every day. But pretty much like two to three, maybe four wears. So you can have two bras circulating in one week. Okay. It'd be solid. But then you have your weekend bra, obviously. This has been educating the dude. Educating the, the dude that doesn't know anything about bras. <laughs> well, we leave bras. Yeah. To segue into really one of the most popular stories that have ever been on buns, and this is a story that was first uh, posted back in April. Oh man, twenty seventeen before um, our time, and it told a pretty tragic story: uh, a woman who was abused in a relationship and a marriage, and had finally finally gotten out of that cycle oh good for her gotten on, gotten onto her, her own feet but she she had uh she asked the buns community for a bit of help with furniture with a place and basically the buns community delivered and she's been posting updates and updates and updates mm-hmm. and the most recent update uh came in uh middle of october and it basically said thank you for the outpouring of of support and she yeah. updates it basically saying, hey, I'm still in this custody battle for my son, oh, but no. um, the marriage has been over with me and my husband, but mm-hmm. custody isn't exactly where I want it. It's still at 50%. Mm-hmm. I want it all. And the post ends with just a beautiful, a beautiful place, a beautiful uh, paragraph, which I'll read to you. And it says, the thought and the love of the support from Buns really has helped me. As I look around my home, I'm reminded of the kind of strangers and new friends that I met who believe in me. And it helps a lot. 
I'm confident that one day my pain will end and my son and I can live a normal life together. I know nothing can stay bad forever. Thank you, Buns. I love you. I am forever grateful for your kindness, generosity, and support you've all shown me. Aww, that's yeah. so wonderful. And that's from Queenie, and it's just a... I really hope I'm saying your name correctly, but Queenie. just a really beautiful post. And I know we're going to get more updates, and mm. it is just wonderful. Wonderful story. Wonderful. Okay, on to the biggest battle Oren and I have ever had. <laughs> no, I, we both agree. We both agree. Never mind. So it's yeah. not a battle. It's uh, <laughs> more like the biggest thing we've ever agreed on ever in, in life. Cocoaum versus John Smith. Cocoaum versus John Smith. I guess we should probably intro the, what the actual Bud's post was before. <laughs> just to give a little bit of context. Oh, fine. Fine. Okay, so basically... Eric has these mint condition collector freaking Disney cups. And he's got a lot of Pocahontas ones, which is what sparked this. Now, you got your Cocoaum cup. You got, I don't remember what this guy's name is, some purple dude that was the villain. Yeah, he's unimportant. Not important. You have Pocahontas's dad, semi-important, but not hugely important. And then John Smith and Pocahontas looking all romantic. Yeah, and these cups are cool. They've been collected since the 90s. People will remember yeah. these cups. And these were in mint condition. He just wants tall boys for them. Yeah. But it just kind of sparked this interest. We're like, if you have John Smith on one side. Yeah. And you have Prince basically Coco on the <laughs> other side. Yo. Prince warrior handsome man. Yo, Coco, I even remember this. Half his hair is shaped. He's, yeah. He's, he's been, ahead of the time. He's been ahead of the time. Yeah. That feather just casually sitting in there, but it's not going to fall off. Yo. Those titties with the bare print to match yeah and i mean like listen i think history is on coco i'm side <laughs> <laughs> not no it's, it's just, i'm just gonna say that you know uh he just just seems like a pretty nice dude yeah you know? i mean he's too serious for pocahontas but Obviously. i'm sure you can get him smiling you know <sighs> i could get him i don't know about pocahontas but i could for sure get coco smiling <laughs> so respond to us and tell us let us know tweet at us <laughs> yeah lol tweet at us coco i or die <laughs> essentially yeah exactly you know john smith is trash coco i or die dude <laughs> <laughs> all right halloween is coming the heck up and there's been a lot of posts about costumes but by far the best one we saw uh, was Camilla looking for the survivor <laughs> hat because she wants to be Jeff. Oh my God, you are a didgeridoo. Uh, that's my part-time job. <laughs> <laughs> Half-time, uh, I don't even know. Bartender, manager, comedian man. Yeah, I don't know what else I do, but didgeridoo man. Part-time, well, yeah, didgeridoo, yeah. honey. Mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever played a didgeridoo in my life. It's pretty hard to play, so it's not easy. Um, but this costume for Jeff Probst. Um, That's an interesting it's, it's costume. Re- it's really just a hat. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and like a shitty safari shirt. And a crazy little necklace. Yeah. There's like, there's like shitty 90s bead necklaces. necklaces. Gross. But also amazing. I saw on the comments someone posted one of him naked holding a plate of bacon and i dropped to the floor i mean it looks real it looks like it looks like i don't think it's photoshop yeah look, the guy the guy works he works out he works out he's been working out so camilla i hope you find your hat because that <laughs> is just the best thing i've ever seen moving on from survivor how about something that i think we can all definitely relate to mm-hmm. christy bought a bikini 
bought a bunch of bikinis actually, gets home and realizes the magnetic like thing tag, tag on her on her clothes, it's still on there. Yeah. And some places won't like if you didn't buy it from that store and don't have the receipt. Uh, they won't take it off for you. It's just like a... A tang. Uh, uh, yeah, I guess it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a she, shitty tang. <laughs> she says that she didn't steal it in asterisks. Which makes me... Like, no one assumed that. So now that you said that, we're all like, we're like yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you stole that. <laughs> but how does one get these off? She doesn't even have time to go take it off. Yeah, and it's it's a weird thing. And for me, the reason why I actually do believe her, obviously, is that... Yeah. You know, YouTube is full of ways to get these things off. It's not like... Oh, yeah? Yeah. YouTube is, like, full of these things. And I didn't know that. I just knew because the people in the comments were like, hey, um, just go online. Some people were getting a little bit little bit too up. Like, you know, you, should, you shouldn't take it off yourself. I don't know why yeah. I did Donald Trump there, but <laughs> listen... <laughs> That's not even Donald. What are you even trying? Um, I'm trying. Okay, it's a new thing. I'm trying. It's called Bad I'm Donald Trump. A, I'm trying to do a Donald Trump impression. And I'm really just working. I thought I would try it out here, but I guess it's not supportive. Okay, well, you're not being a very supportive castmate. Sorry. And this podcast has gone off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> but basically, basically, uh, it's something we can all relate to. Mm-hmm. When a tag doesn't, when, it, don't, when people don't take the tag off. When people don't take the tag off. I hate that when you're going, you you buy. Okay, so I don't really go to malls, but when I have in the past, and you get that brand new pair of pants or brand new shirt, and you're just so excited to show it off, and there it is, the big freaking tag. tag. And this was on a uh, bikini bottom. But oh, before, so that's not hidden. Yeah, before we uh, before we move on, bikini bottom. Shout out to SpongeBob. Oh, lol. Yo, shout out to Squidward. Not hey. really. He's what? trash. Yo, Squid out. Yo, shout out to Patrick. Oh, Abby. Abby. Yo. Mr. Krabs. He, he's the goat. Yeah, shout out to Mr. Krabs and his wife. Pearl. No, that's his daughter. Pearl. The big, the big old whale. <laughs> uh, let's go from bikini bottoms and commercials. And commercials. And cartoons. Lol. To decisions we make when we're inebriated and we're litty and we didn't even think about it nope. so basically we have a, a group of friends that went out for a night of drinking came back ordered some pizza for twelve thirty, but they did the wrong time and did it for twelve thirty noon <laughs> got pizza at night anyways and then it arrived the next day and they already were full on pizza and didn't want it. So they were giving away three large pepperoni pizzas for the Buns community to take. And sure enough, we had three Buns babies who came and provided them with some essential help to get them through the day, which was taking this damn pizza off their hands. But dang. That's so funny to me that they went out, ate pizza, ordered pizza to the house, but then forgot about it. Classic. Yeah. But it's also good that when drunk you treats sober you really nice. Like, yeah. like when drunk you drinks a lot of water before you go to bed, you're like, ah, yep. oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, not me. Or you but, wake up and there's water beside your bed, you're, you're like, ah, oh. oh, thank you. Other decisions I don't like about drunk me is like when I look at my bill for the next day, oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, I did that? I bought, I bought everybody shots? Oh, no. That's all. Uh, I feel like even drunk me is like, I'm broke. You are broke. You cannot do this. You cannot do this. I just this one time because we happy. (laughs) When you get paid, that's a dangerous day to go out. So dangerous. That's a dangerous Mm. day. 
Good how vibes. About, how about we, uh, and it's with good vibes. Hey. Good vibes, good vibes, because Maha, she just had an ISO mm-hmm. of good vibes. Aww. And it provided some pretty good memes and gifs. And gifs. And gifs. Memes and gifs. I love the Beyonce one. Just like coming out. <laughs> there are some really, really good ones. Yeah. Um, and something that I sort of forgot about, but definitely knew existed, mm-hmm. is that, yo, know, if you need some good vibes, if you mm-hmm. need, if you're feeling down, man, I feel like yourself. Yeah. Know that there are some buns, other bun zones. There's buns helping zone. Aw. There's also buns super happy love zone. Aw. And of course... There's Bun's Mental Health Zone. So those are just three small resources. Obviously, within those places, there are larger resources where if you're not feeling like yourself, you're not feeling feeling the best, they can definitely help. Yeah, those are some great resources. Amazing. And there's other great resources. Oh, God. I mean, no, nothing. We're just awesome. And this is the end of this podcast. I've been Oren. I've been Laura. (laughs) And we'll see you soon. Bye. Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at buns.com. So like I said at the top, uh, the interview this week is with two of the creative minds behind Fair Trade, the Buns web series that is coming out shortly. Uh, I can't stress enough that you guys should check it out. Uh, I loved it. I got some friends in it. Shout out, Daryl. Uh and uh, all the other actors uh, in it are also amazing. So, and it's funny, you know, I don't know what else to say about it because I don't really want to give too much away. But if you like uh, some sort of kooky comedy that involves all of our favorite things, including buns, check it out. Uh, here's the interview. I'm here talking with uh, the creators. Is that like a a fair title to give? Um, Technically, we're the writers and directors. The creator of the show is uh, Jonathan Hirsch. Okay. The writers and directors of Fair Trade. Is there a subtitle there? Not yet. No. Okay. So Fair Trade, the... The unofficial subtitle will be like the Buns TV show or something. That's right. Um, (laughs) The super good show. But before we get into uh, the show and its super goodness, let's let's start at the beginning. How did you guys uh, meet to start, you know, putting this together? Where did uh, where did the sort of idea come from? All that. Yeah. Um, Well, Scotty and I met about. uh, Oh, hold on. Sorry. Wow. Can you guys introduce yourself so people know who's speaking when they speak? That is a great idea. Yeah, let's start uh, there. So, hi, I'm uh, Sean Ahmed. And uh, yeah, like I said, one of the writers and directors. And I'm Scott Lever, and I'm the other writer-director. All right, yeah. there we go. Now people know your voice. Now, now tell us the story. So, Scotty and I were working uh, like a telemarketing job together five years ago. We mm-hmm. were both alcoholics. Um, and <laughs> we were kind of miserable. We were both like struggling actors. And we're like, fuck, we got to do something here to get this going. So we started writing, you know, we wrote a pilot together and then we wrote a short film and one thing kind of led to the other. And now fast forward five years and this is the sixth project we've done. Well, okay, hold on. Let's start, let's start there though. And tell me about the pilot and the film. 
So the pilot was a show called Paranormal Investigators. Okay. It was a 22 minute about these, uh, about this girl who is desperate for her own TV show, but she wants to do something a little more investigative. And instead she gets handed this like show called Paranormal Investigators. And the world that we created was paranormal activity does exist, but these idiots are too stupid to find it. Right. Uh, so it's kind of like ghosts are chasing them around, but they don't really even know it. So it's like, it's comedy as well. It's a comedy, yeah. Yeah, yeah so yeah. we had some really great comedic talent come on board for that one. We got very lucky that people seemed to like the script. We had like Pat McKenna from uh, Red Green Show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, David Ferry. David Ferry, yeah, and yeah. Ben Watson. Yeah, we had some really cool actors come on board. Um, and really, originally, when we started writing, it was just, you know, we were just trying to create roles that we wanted for ourselves because we weren't getting to audition for them. So we were like, let's just write them. Yeah. Um, and then I think somewhere along the line, we kind of touched on something and realized, hey, we're not so half bad at this writing thing. It's like Good Will um, Hunting style or something. Yeah. <laughs> a little bit. A little bit, yeah. And we're, then... We're like ugly Matt Damon and Ben Affleck. Yeah, nice. exactly. <laughs> we're like the less attractive versions. So then the movie that you made after that, was that also a comedy? Like, is it always, yeah, it's is, al it's always like absurd comedy. So the film after that was a short film called Finding Talib, which was um, uh, about it, Scott and I played brothers and, you know, no one can see this, but, you know, I'm Indian and brown and Scott's a Caucasian guy. So we play brothers and he was my adopted brother in it. And, you know, we come from like a moderate Muslim family. Right. But then Scott's character was starting to explore religious extremism. And we thought it'd be really funny to put it through the lens of like a young white male Whoa. surrounded by a bunch of moderate Muslims being like, dude, you're too extreme. Like you're a crazy person. What are you doing? Um, so we did that and it went to a couple of festivals and nice. kind of got around and, you know, kind of it was just an experience as, it, as so many things are. And mm -hmm. then we started working after that with Bell Media and we shot a show called Touring T.O., um, which was about these two yahoos that run a touring company of Toronto. And right. every episode they're going to like a really obscure landmark. And in the show, the, the storyline is that, you know, if the company fails, my character gets deported back to India and Scott's character goes back to prison because it's a, you know, he needs to stay gainfully employed part of his parole condition. And right. for my work visa, I need to stay, have a job. Um, nice. So then we went to like, you know, there's a, a guy that's got like a, a big white elephant on his lawn in the Christie Pitts neighborhood. So we went and visited that and it's like yeah. they ride around on a little yellow bike rickshaw. And I love that idea. I love things that are very Toronto centric and unafraid to be like, this is Toronto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, that's how, like, with Bell 5 TV1, we were making them for their VOD, so they wanted, like, a very, very Toronto show. Yeah. But we weren't going to make a show that's like, hey, everybody, it's Toronto, look at us. Um, we wanted yeah. to make a show that we wanted to be in, and we just knew we had to write through these, like, through this framework to get the funding. Nice. I and feel we, like... we basically just wanted to also avoid, like, the stereotypical Toronto stuff, and we actually made our villain in the series one of the guys who runs a bus tour of, like, the CN Tower and all the typical stuff. Yeah. And our poor characters are running around on a rickshaw trying to show you how an elephant is cool on someone's lawn. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're, like, underground Toronto. Yeah. I like that, though. I mean, I feel like it's, it's like, a somewhat recent trend because uh, like you know things have been shooting in toronto forever but usually it's like new york or some other city but now you get stuff like the guys that, uh, or things like the guys that you guys are making or like nirvana the band the show or whatever that it's just like it's in toronto but it's not like hey guys we're in toronto it's just kind of like you know part of the the backdrop as opposed yeah. to the main focus because i i find that like a lot of uh, older canadian content if it was like you know supposed to be toronto or whatever city they were in it was like a big deal you know they're just like hey this is you know, and yeah. I, I don't like when it's like in your face like that because it feels forced. 
you know? Yeah. yeah. But it the, sounds like you guys are doing it nice and subtly. The way we try to, like, look at it is we want Toronto to be a character in the show. Yeah. The same way New York City is generally a character in Woody Allen's movies. Right. You know what I mean? Like, that idea. Like, yeah. it's not we're not hiding it, but we're not there promoting it or anything like mm-hmm. that either. Uh, it's just the idiosyncrasies of living in Toronto are evident in the show. And so did you guys grow up in Toronto then? I did, yeah. I didn't. I grew up in uh, the Niagara region, St. Okay. Catharines. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Sort of on the other side of the pond, staring at you guys <laughs> longingly. But <laughs> not, that, not that far away, though. <laughs> no, no. It was, it was. I spent a lot of time in Toronto as a kid. And don't get me wrong, I love Niagara. But yeah, it was always. It was always like Toronto was a playground, which was what was great about growing up there. Right. Yeah, yeah. So. It's nice, I guess, to make it a character in your show. And it's very much a character, I think, in the in the Buns TV show. Yeah. Fair Trade. So why don't you tell me a bit about how that now came together? So you had this pilot, then you made this movie, and I guess you guys have been working together ever since. Yeah. How did the whole Buns thing come about? Well, it was funny. Um, it's kind of a, a, a complex web of connections. Yeah. We um, So after we did Touring T.O., we ended up kind of selling the show to a... Uh, a a sales agent, I guess, or a distributor. Mm -hmm. Um, And then randomly at a party, I ran into a lawyer named Divya Shahani, who is also an executive producer on this show. And she's fantastic. And she was like, you guys, we should meet and we should talk and we should work together. And so we kind of met with her and we started talking and she was like, oh, I know you guys because you did you did touring TO and, you know, I worked on that deal. I used to work for Fremantle Corporation before. Right. Um, So she kind of just threw out. She's like, you should totally meet my fiance. Uh, Jonathan Hirsch. She's like, you guys would get along swimmingly. You have very similar sensibilities. I think you guys would, you know, this would really be cool. It just so happens that night I was at a film premiere that I had a, like one line in this like Nelly Furtado film. Nice. And I get to the top of the escalators at Young and Dundas and she's standing there. And she's like, oh yeah, we did all the legal work for this film. This is my fiance that I wanted to introduce you to. Yeah. We went out for drinks that night after the film and we got along really well. And, you know, Scott came into the mix very quickly after and basically Johnny who's also an executive producer, the creator and produced it with us, uh, is uh, he had this idea for a show and he's like, I want to do a show that, you know, about people like share culture and no money and I kind of want to dive into that world. And yeah. um, he had a bunch of other shows on his slate at the time and was like, I think you guys are the right people to kind of make this. Mm-hmm. So then Scott and I took the idea and put it through our like machine and kind of spit out another idea that was similar but kind of different but very similar and kind of working within that framework. and. We're like, let's make the show. And he really loved it. And we really loved it. And then we started working together and we signed a deal and started moving forward. Okay. So let's, uh, you know, me knowing nothing about how TV shows are made and and all this stuff. Let's, let's kind of walk me through the process. So you've, you've met with these people who want to make this thing. Uh, Now you've written it and, and kind of outlined how you want it to go. What's the next step? Well, the next step was to trash the entire script we wrote because it wasn't good enough. And we decided we, it would be better to start from scratch than, uh, than filming something we weren't completely satisfied with. Yeah. So then we went away and reworked and reworked and rewrote and then came back with a script we liked better. Yeah. And then... Uh, was that the pilot? And that was... Uh, that was, was all five episodes. All five episodes. Yeah, like yeah. we, you know, we're really fortunate that we got to work with the production team that we had in Johnny... Uh, Divya and then the other person is Michael Hirsch uh, in that they really just trusted us and they wanted us to make and they themselves wanted to make the best project possible and if it meant spending a little more time to get it there then that's what it meant right so we workshopped the show we brought actors in and writers in and we you know read the scripts over and over again and tried to figure out what was working what wasn't working and then yeah like Scott said we just scrapped the entire project and we're like let's just write this 
knowing the things we know, knowing we're going to use elements from these episodes we've written and rewrite the entire series. Uh, and we did. And then once we got to the end of that line, we were like, okay, now we have something that's ready to go to camera. Right. Um, by this time, at the same time, Johnny had already secured a deal with Buns and we knew that we were going to be working with them. Uh, we didn't know in what capacity, but we knew that they would be a marketing partner. And then on top of that, uh, we partnered with uh, Bell uh, again. Yeah. And so they're a co-producer on it. So we sort of did, we sort of had help from both sides. Like uh, it was great to have have producers both from Bell and then our executive producers just completely behind us, supporting us, making sure that we were getting what we needed and offering advice when we needed it. It was it was a really fantastic experience. Yeah. And then, then we went to camera and we shot it. And then it's just a pre-production land where... You know, you're working on a tight budget, so your time is your friend. So we gave right. ourselves lots of time, and we uh, we shot the show in March over ten days, and uh, and then we were in post until about a month ago. So I've seen a bunch of the episodes, awesome. But I'm sure most of the people listening, as of this point, have not seen it. So why don't you kind of tell us a little bit about what the show's about? Yeah, uh, it's about so it's uh, three very selfish, very self-absorbed millennials that share this dinky little two-bedroom apartment together. And, and their landlord, right? And their landlord's a kook. And they don't believe in money anymore. And their landlord's kind of the guy that introduces them to buns in the first right. episode. Uh, but yeah, they don't believe in money. They don't want to make it. They don't want to spend it. They just right. kind of see it as this like blood-sucking middleman. And well, they're like, we don't need this anymore. It doesn't start out that way though, right? At first they just have none. And then they get introduced to this world and then they're yeah. like, oh, okay. It's they, by accident. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's totally by accident. They, they just need to essentially figure out a way to pay their rent. And they know their landlord's really into buns. So they're like, well, what if we get your car fixed yeah. in exchange for rent? And then they go on a on an adventure to try to figure out how do you get a purple smart car fixed. Right. Um, without paying. Without paying for it. Yeah. And then, yeah. And then, so the show is like the elements I would say is like, it's very much the characters of it's always sunny in philadelphia yeah in the world of community and man-seeking women so you know uh, superheroes exist I love all zombies exist yeah like it's like we wanted to put like these selfish self-absorbed characters in this like really magical world where they could go on buns and find a superhero if they needed to and right you know yeah. what kind of superhero you're gonna find on buns not the best one but right yeah, so you're gonna yeah. find one a budget one <laughs> yeah. for sure yeah who, who what superhero is willing to trade for services that's right well, it's kind of crazy to me because I, like I said, uh, I was sent a link and I watched a bunch of the episodes and immediately, because you mentioned earlier that like it was an in interconnected web of, of people who know people who know people. I turned on the first episode and I was like, is that Daryl? <laughs> Daryl Faria. Yeah. Yeah. And he's a, he's a good buddy of mine. And I'm like, how? And he knows obviously that I do this for buns or whatever. And I guess he just assumed that I had heard from other people that he, he was working on the show, but he never told me and I, no one else ever told me. And then I, I started watching the show. And I'm like, that's. Fucking Daryl. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty crazy. But yeah, you got You guys got a, a great cast of, of of people. They all seem to like, you know, play off of each other and get along really well. Yeah, we got really lucky with our cast. And I mean, talking about weird connections, like Daryl uh, works as an actor, but he also works uh, in film as a first AD. Yeah, and that's actually where I met him, like probably ten years ago. Yeah, and in reverse, I was acting in a in a in a small series, and Daryl was the first AD on it. And yeah, and this is whole come one eighty where I've been directing him in a in a series now and in another. Is this your dog supposed to be eating this? Oh yeah, that's okay. Oh. Sorry, just like Toronto's a character on your show, my dog is a character on my show, and she just takes <laughs> pieces of toys apart and then just. Chases after them. Hilarious. They're just being nice guys. That noises me. I'm just really, <laughs> really excited. Hey. Oh, yeah. So you were saying, um, so y you were directing, you're now directing Daryl, and he was uh, AD 
uh, on something that you were uh, an actor on. That's right. Earlier. Yeah, back in the day, and it was so nice, and it just seemed to be such such a happy coincidence that like we thought of Daryl for the role. Yeah, we reached out and. We actually lost an actor right before, uh, about three to four days before we were going to camera. Oh no! To a bigger, uh, to a bigger series that we couldn't compete with, and it was we were very happy for the actor, and it was completely understandable. But yeah. we needed somebody, and we were like, "Who is charming enough? Who is funny enough that can fill this role quickly?" And then we had always had Daryl in mind, it just the circumstances never quite worked out. Yeah. And we reached out, and uh, three days before we. You know, we're going to go to camera. Daryl jumped into the role and just said yes like a hero, and right. then, yeah, just started memorizing lines. Oh, he's great, man. He's he, uh, I mean, this is totally off topic, but uh, he was the best man at uh, another one of my good friends' weddings, and it was one of the best best man speeches I'd ever seen. And at that point, I was like, this guy's got to be a star. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's next for the buns? Actually, hold on. Before we get to what's next, tell me about the show. How many episodes? Where can people check it out, etc.? Well, uh, it's five episodes. Uh, they're about 10 minutes each. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, you can see them on a couple of places, but, I mean, on Bell 5 TV 1... It will be available on October 31st, but you can also see it online if you don't have Bell. Yeah. And we're going to be on BunsLife.com. And fair warning, you have to use the www.BunsLife.com. Yeah. Check it out, guys. October nice. 31st. Yeah, so, yeah, that's the release date, October 31st. Yeah, that's, that's right. That's when it hits the web and TV yeah. or Five, I guess. Yeah, I five. Know, I TV? mean, technically I it's on TV, but it's not like a traditional TV format. Yeah. Uh, and then the goal for us is... You know, we want to take a show to television, so you know we're hoping people rally behind the show. We're hoping people like it. Yeah, um, it's definitely weird and it's definitely quirky. Um, and I, I really am hopeful that it's going to find an audience. I think people will like it. Yeah, I think so too. I, to it. I mean, it definitely scratches an itch for me that, like, you know, I loved Man Seeking Woman as an example. That was just like fucking perfect. And now that that show's gone, I'm like, oh, what's going to fill the void? So yeah. maybe, maybe this will fill that void. It would be great. I mean, Man Seeking Woman was definitely such a huge influence with us. We've referred to it a lot, like just about, especially the world building and the magical realism and how we can use that. Yeah. Same with community. Just big, big influences for a, sure. A lot of genius metaphors on that show too. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. But uh, okay, so now that this is kind of in the bag, if you will, what's uh, what's the next project? Oh, gosh. I mean, it's been, it's sort of been our world for a while now and we... You know, we're we're both working actors. We're both uh, we're both keep writing together. We're working uh, towards hopefully taking this to TV. And but yeah, I mean, yeah, depends uh, depends what you want to know. As far as actors go, we're just hustling, doing gigs. Yeah, I just worked on a show called The Expanse. Oh yeah. Um, oh yeah. I mean, I've never seen the show. But I love the book series. I'm obsessed. I've read all of them so far. Oh yeah, nice. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm. It's not that I don't want to watch the show, but I want to wait until the series is finished before I start watching the show be yeah. because I love the book so much that I don't want what I see in my head to be the actors on the show as, yeah, opposed, yeah. as opposed to like the way I imagine it, you know? But that's like, awesome. That's awesome. I love The Expanse. Yeah, yeah. It's, it was a really fun set to be on. I mean, it's one of those shows that I once I got cast, I started watching the series and then I just like became like a huge fan of the show. So yeah. by the time I got on set, I was just like kind of fanboying out the entire I was like oh there's so and so oh there's so and so I get to work with this person I get to work with this person is that filmed here it is yeah it's all oh, filmed in Toronto awesome yeah, yeah. and uh, along with his sweeping sci-fi epic I have a pretty solid McDonald's commercial I'm really proud of McDonald's <laughs> so, yeah it's it's great wearing a wearing a wig 
Do they pay you in food or what? They, I really wish they did. I really wish they did. I love their fries. I'm obsessed. Like, I don't really eat a lot of fast food, but, like, my weakness, if if I'm ever with anyone who stops at McDonald's, it's always French fries all the time. The, it's the best The fries. best cure for that is to shoot a McDonald's commercial because then you're eating McDonald's for four hours straight. Oh, they make you actually oh, eat it? Oh, yeah. You oh, get a man. spit bucket, but eventually you're just, it's still in, it's still in your mouth. There's nothing to be done. You're going to you're gonna be done with McDonald's food for a while. Oh my God. I don't know. I don't know if I could do what you guys do, to be honest with you. I have a hard enough time talking in front of a microphone, let alone doing this whole thing in front of camera. <laughs> so let's uh, switch gears a bit and talk a little about buns. Were you uh, active on buns before you uh, started doing the show? We oh, yes. knew about it. Uh, I mean, personally, I knew about buns and I was like on buns trading zone, but yeah. I hadn't really been actively involved in a lot of stuff. Right. Um, and then the second we decided, we realized we were making the show, we were like every day, every dumpster fire that blows up on buns, like <laughs> yeah. every like weird trade, we're all over. We're always talking about and yeah. like, you know, putting our two cents in uh, with each other, not so much engaging as much online. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, so, I've traded for quite a few things on buns, both for the show and just for myself, like like I just got a ukulele for for some theater tickets. And nice. Yeah, it's it's great. Like I had a. Is that the ukulele used in episode one? No, that no. is a different ukulele. That is a different ukulele. Okay. Good eye though. We have, we're we're yeah, ukulele people. We have a lot of them. so many props and because when we were making the show, we were just like constantly on buns. We're like, oh, so and so has this weird thing they're giving. They're trying to get rid of. We have something that we can trade them. So we just had like this chest of random trades that had we had accumulated that we were just constantly trading back and forth through. Nice. And yeah, we got like, you know, if you see the second episode with the mascot. Yeah. Uh, that's a buns trade that we traded someone who oh, works really? at a halfway house for a bunch of towels, like old towels and So were linens. you, uh, like, I, I obviously you had written the episode previously and then you were just on buns looking for the things to like fill it out? Yeah. It like yeah. A, well, it was a lot of like, we're, we're on an indie set. We're, you know, we're pretty low budget. So a lot of it just takes innovation. You right. Know, just like, how am I going to get this? How can we save 200 bucks? Like... When Absolutely. We, uh, yeah, I don't know if you've which episodes you've watched. I've watched the first three. The first three. So in episode one, uh, Pete, the mechanic, is played by uh, David Hayter, and I know that. Yes. Oh my God! I was like, where the fuck do I know this yeah, guy? Yeah, Solid Snake. Solid, Solid Snake, Snake. Yeah, and yeah, the yeah. writer of the uh, first X-Men. two X Men movies. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and Watchmen. And, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's pretty impressive. He's a great guy, just a fantastic actor. But he's also he's a big guy, and yeah. uh, we needed a mechanics outfit for him and it was like 200 bucks uh for just a, like the the coveralls yeah and i was like why would we do there are people on buns who work on cars or work on things and we just yeah. we just traded a bag of coffee to nice. uh, a fellow bunzer and yeah. got the costume that's amazing do you ever trade spots on the show were you like hey i'll put you in as an extra if you uh <laughs> we never did unfortunately because because it's a union shoot we we everybody oh, on set had shit. to be union okay but what I, I can say is that we definitely, uh, I'm giving away too many show secrets. That's Sean growling in the background, guys. Yeah. He's unhappy with you. Yeah. Uh, no, but I can say that we did, uh, we did trade uh, a prop for a pretty big costume piece that'll be a reveal in the last episode. So keep your eyes peeled. Yeah, we can't give too much away. Oh, we, that's right. I think, I think we're safe to talk about the first episode, but anything after that, you got to watch to yeah. find out. So, um, did your time on buns inform the writing of the episodes at all? I mean, because like there's some pretty crazy trades that go on on buns, and I'm sure you saw a bunch of crazy stuff when you were uh, 
kind of on there getting source material. Did any of that make it into the show? Oh, absolutely. Like we basically were every day we were writing, we're sending each other things that were happening on buns. Yeah. And just like the craziest stuff out there. Cause a lot of it, like no matter how crazy we get with the magical realism, we want it to be kind of a metaphor for something or based in reality and kind of like, while the, the circumstances may be fantastical, the feelings you're getting are very familiar. Yeah. And I like there was some crazy stuff that we saw. Like, um, and we would always be tagging each other. And then the guys at Buns were like, "We noticed you're tagging each other in all the dumpster fires." And all yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was yeah, definitely. There were definitely times where we're like, "How could like what, how can we turn this into an element of an episode? Right. Can we add this in? Because it's you know, truth is stranger than fiction." And I'm trying to think of, like of some of those strangest things that we've seen. There's definitely a, ca a fa the famous Buns post about closing time and the guy riding by the yeah, bicycle. Yeah, yeah. We, we did have to add him in a, in a, with a cameo into the show. So fellow Bunsers, we're, we're, we, there is an homage in there if you can spot it. Yeah, you guys should, um, should keep your eyes peeled for any sort of nods and winks to those in the, in the know as far as the Buns community is concerned. Because, yeah, that was it. There's a, there's a couple huge ones. The closing time one was a big one. A, a long time ago, there was a guy... <laughs> Um, who used to 3D print wizards, yeah, which was like right. a big sort of thing. That kind of has fallen by the wayside these days. But yeah. there, yeah, I'm I'm glad that you use some of that in the show, so that like, I don't know, yeah. old school buns, uh, people in the buns community will will kind of get it. My dog is going absolutely yeah. bananas right now. Not leaving me alone. It's kind of interesting because uh, whenever the mics are off, the dog's just like totally fine. But whenever I start recording anything, <laughs> it, it just starts going absolutely... Because he was born nuts. to be a star. He was born to be a star. I can't help you with that. So <laughs> let's talk about writing real yeah. quick before we, uh, before we wrap this thing up. But are there any projects or, or like scripts or whatever that you've written that you really wanted to do that you just haven't had an opportunity to do yet? Yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. Like we we talk all the time about well, you know what's next. We're always looking to the future. But um, yeah, we have several things kind of in in our back pocket that we're we're waiting for the right time and opportunity. But when we do work on something like fair trade, we do kind of throw ourselves completely into it. Yeah. So there's not a lot of time to be kind of doing back end stuff right. because you know we we are very much jack of all trades, especially in the indie world. But yeah, we definitely we definitely are always coming up with ideas and projects and any ideas. lingering ones cuz you always hear like the famous story obviously is uh um Evan and uh fucking what's his name Seth Rogen, right? They they say that they wrote super bad when they were in high school or something, right? And they were just right. they'd been sitting on it their whole lives and then they finally got to make this movie. Do you guys ever do you have that like one project in your back pocket where you're like I fucking want to make this thing? Well, there's the two that the first two projects we made never got developed to the point where we wanted them to go to, which one was Paranormal Investigators, that yeah. idea, which actually a lot of people have done since. Um, but we the project has evolved. We changed the title at one point to call, call it To Hunt a Monster. Right. And we submitted it to this like film uh, uh, competition. Yeah. Uh, and then the other one, Finding to Leave, is still very much like it's always something I've wanted to revisit personally that I'm like, I think there's something really funny here. I would love that. Um, I would love that. That sounds that's like right up my alley. I mean, it, it's almost akin to because um, it's like dark humor, I guess, right? Very dark. Yeah. Um, but uh, we were, you know, I mentioned Nirvana, the band, the show earlier, but he's the guy. He's made, he made that movie about uh, the the kid who wants to shoot up the school or whatever. I don't know if you've yeah, I remember yeah. Uh, the dirties, the dirties. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, that's like right up my alley. I mean, it's really dark, obviously as well. But like, 
I think that being able to find humor and stuff like that would be amazing. But yeah, if you guys ever make, if you, ever, you guys ever get that made the way that you want it, you got to come back. Absolutely, we'd love so that, that we could talk about it. So one more time, where can people check out the show? Well, guys, check out the show uh, on Bell Five TV One, or of course, if you don't have that or and just want to watch it online, it's going to be available on www.bunzlife.com. October 31st. Yeah, guys. Yeah, man. And can people share it? Is it like uh, easily accessible? There's no like yeah. paywalls or anything? No, no. Yeah. It's, it's easily yeah. shareable. It's all free. And of course, we're throwing a launch event. At, oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So I, I'd say, guys, if, you, uh, if you're if you looking for something to do on Halloween, October 31st, uh, we're going to be at the Gladstone Hotel. It's going to be a massive party. Yeah. The Buns Flea Market will be there. We'll have bands playing. And we'll be screening the first episode. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, guys. Come party with with us because I will also be there October 31st at the Gladstone Hotel to watch the first episode of your new favorite show and uh, check out the Buns Flea and all that other good stuff. Any closing words for us? We're just happy that uh, that we got to do this and can't wait to share it with our fellow Bunsers. Uh, Kiba, you have anything else to add to this other than growling? We're still we're still no. pretending that's so. Not how was? Yeah. I have questions for you. Can oh we, yeah, okay. Can we, can we flip this for a second? Yeah, yeah I so mean, you did, it's never happened. You but did let's the do one it. month. Yeah, I lived on buns for a month. Yeah. For buns for a month. Yeah. What was uh, what was the hardest part? Because we were following along with that. We actually meant to reach out to you because oh, we were writing at the time. But yeah. You know, we were so invested in the writing that we were like, this isn't. We don't know where this fits in. Like, we'll yeah. literally just be meeting with this guy. Right, right, right. And uh, we don't know where it'll go. Sorry, so what was the question? So I was going to, what was the hardest part? I'm not, I'm not part? used to answering them. I'm just used to <laughs> asking. What, what was like the hardest part for you? Okay. And what so was the point where you're like, fuck, I think I shouldn't have done this. It was the very beginning, to be honest with you. Yeah. Because like I didn't plan accordingly. I'm like, okay. So I need a lot of non-perishables, obviously, like pasta, pasta sauce, all the stuff that like I can make over time that won't go bad, right? And I was like, okay, this is great. And I kind of stockpiled a bunch of that stuff because I started trading about a week and a half before the month began right. so that everything I got from day one was based on trade. Yeah. Uh, but the problem was I didn't think about, I didn't really think it through clearly. And so come day one in the morning, I didn't have any breakfast food. Oh my God. All I had was like pasta, pasta I remember. sauce, like canned beans. And I'm like, what the <laughs> I remember this? Like, this is awful, right? But I'm, I'm, so I'm sitting there eating like, I had, I think, like a can of cherries or something. Oh my God. That I was just eating for breakfast because I had no, nothing else that even remotely resembled breakfast food. And I was like, oh, this is bad. So I immediately was like, okay, how do I trade for almond milk and cereal and this other stuff so that I can like not have steak for breakfast? And then. Uh, my buddies had had a, a cottage party yeah. that I went to, but I wasn't going to eat any of their barbecue or, or drink any of their beer because that's that, you know oh, yes. that's kind of cheating, it. right? Like, yeah. if my friends could give me stuff for free, then the whole thing would be well. Couldn't yeah. you technically be trading them like good vibes for their beer or like a song? <laughs> yeah, but that's kind of, again that's cheating because I'm just getting people I know to help me mm, as opposed that's charity. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, I traded a bunch of stuff like for beer and, and, and like meat and stuff before I went up there. So I, yeah. I not only uh, did I have to eat my own food, but I also had to cook it all myself because it wasn't part of like the mass barbecues that they were doing. So that, that bit was annoying. But once the ball got rolling, people started getting what I was doing. It was easy because people wanted to help. They wanted yeah. to be a part of it. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. That's pretty just, cool. I'm sorry. The, the dog is just determined 
to to like have it out with you, man. <laughs> I've been I've been half in this interview about from minute two. This, yeah. this growling was unnecessary. Sean is just obsessed with this dog and and uh, and like annoying it. The dog is uh, loves to loves new people because oh. just assumes that anyone new who comes here is somebody who wants to play. That's so terrible. So, yeah. But yeah, no, it's funny when we were writing, we were talking about you constantly because we were like we were like fantasizing about all the terrible things that must be happening to you while you're trying to make these trades or and we're just talk, we're trying to relate that to our characters yeah fantasizing is the wrong word i object to him that's for you scott not for me no i mean there was definitely some challenges and there's like you really have to be open to consuming anything really right like you can't be choosy with your food when you're trading for it i don't think right what's the first thing you bought after the month Oh, I went out for a huge dinner. Oh, nice. Where'd so, you go? Um, oh, where did I go? Uh, Skin and Bones, maybe? Okay. I think, which is a restaurant here in the East End. And then the, the next... No, that's a lie. That's where I, I... Sorry. I actually went there for a meal the day before I started for a big meal. Okay. The day that it ended, I was actually on a plane going to Vietnam. Oh, my God. So... Uh, that's the first thing I did when it was over. Oh wow! Was I leaving on a jet plane? Landed in Vietnam and then just like ate and drank my face off. <laughs> you know, <laughs> finally able to spend money. Yeah. Oh, you, you know what? It just came to my mind. Another thing that was super hard is when you're. I went to a music festival, mm -hmm. and when you're out in the day, let's just say that you don't get home in time. Forget about the music festival, even. Let's just say you don't get home in time. You're supposed to have lunch at home, but you're, you're get sidetracked with something. You're just like, oh, you know what? I'll pick up a little snack and then I'll eat at home or I'll just buy lunch. Right. Can't do that. Right. You, you can't even just pick up a little snack unless you like somehow schedule a trade. Like I'm here. I need food <laughs> immediately. You know? Yeah. So when I was at this festival, I just didn't eat all day. Oh, because I was like, what well, you know, what am I going to do? You know, there's no, I, I put it on buns. I was like, is anyone here that has food? Obviously no one's coming to the festival with food. Yeah. Right. And I don't really have anything real to trade them. So like, I just didn't eat all day. That was bad. That, that dedication. Beating sun. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, cause everyone was like, oh, did you cheat? Did you cheat? But like, what would be the point? Yeah. I, I might as well just not do it at that point. You know? So yeah, that's great. That's really funny. Yeah. I'm looking at your cat and I'm remembering, uh, a friend of uh, a friend of mine, I was talking to him about some stuff that he had done on buns and he was like, oh, he's like, I met this girl on buns that uh, is a like cat manicurist and she like rides around on her bike with all her tools and she'll come to your place and she'll like groom your cats for you. Well, that's genius. And we thought it was hilarious. So yeah. that actually made an episode and it's like our gang ends up at a cat cafe in Toronto and they're grooming like the cats that are like totally unruly and that's been, amazing. Uh, They've been being uh, like uh, terrorized by the dog across the street. Yeah, it's very loud and crazy. Um, so yeah, we brought that idea, and where one of the characters becomes like a bit of a cat whisperer. Well, if you ever need a loud and crazy dog, yeah, I know where you can <laughs> I find know exactly one. where we can find one. So since uh, completing this first stretch of episodes, have you come up with other things that you want in future episodes? Are you oh, like, oh, oh, absolutely. I mean, we've thrown out a whole bunch of ideas that we were like, these are really good ideas. They yeah. just don't fit. It's just a matter of fitting and timing. And right now we're working on the 22 minutes. So yeah. there's that whole world um, that we're including in. So yeah, there's tons of ideas. And mm -hmm. You hear that? It's 22 yeah. minutes long. So it's ready for fucking TV. It's ready for That's TV. Right. Yeah. And I just inject those commercials in there. All right, guys. Well, thanks for sitting down and chatting with me. And uh, thanks for flipping the interview on me. Doesn't happen very often. Of course. Thanks for having us. Yeah, man. Thanks yeah. for having us. This was great. Kiba, I think, is very excited that you guys came. Yeah, and, uh, I think so too. Again, check it out. 
I can't stress enough. Bunslife.com. Watch it. It's really funny. You know, see the episodes these guys wrote, wrote and watch my buddy Daryl. And shout out to the other actors. I don't know their names. So maybe. So Erin Carter is uh, one of them. She is fantastic. She's a comedic genius. And then Anna Golia is another actress who's from like the Degrassi world. Um, and she's got this music career that's launching right now. And she's also phenomenal. She normally plays like you know, the sexy sultress and kind of like the, you know, very high status roles and in the stuff she gets cast in. And with this, we made her this like weirdo escapee from a freak religious cult. Uh, so it's <laughs> totally against type for her, but she embraced it. She came on board and she absolutely killed it. Uh, the three of them are just phenomenal together. And then Anand Rajaram plays their landlord, Jordy, who's in a couple of episodes, David Hayter. Uh, and I'm just going to name names now of people that are in it. Yeah, Julian it. Richings, uh, Grace Lynn Kung, Alyssa King, Simon Fawn. The list goes on and on. We are so lucky to get the actors, the crew, the producers that we get to work with. Uh, so yeah, we, everyone seemed to have a good time. And Yeah, we're just very grateful to get to work with such talented folks. The last thing I'll say is if you watch a show and you like it, tell your friends. Yeah, It's the only way we'll get to TV, guys. Yeah, yeah, just share it. <laughs> yeah. Share it. Yeah, there needs to be more. So just tell your friends. That's all you need to do. That's the one thing that people forget when they find something they love. They're like, oh, I love this. But like, no, tell people. Yeah. yeah. Shout it from the hills. All right. Thanks, guys. this week comes to us from Oxford Town. They are an electronic alternative band from Toronto, drawing upon a wide range of musical backgrounds, a shared love of theatrical rock and cutting edge electronic music. So, uh, yeah, check it out. The album is also called Oxford Town. You can check them out at oxfordtown.ca uh, or at Oxford or at Oxford Town on Facebook and at Oxford Town Music on Twitter. The album is also on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and a bunch of other places. So fucking check it out, guys. Here is Oxford Town. 